been an unusual week in my life, but God sure has been good, and He's put friends in my life that just uh, call me every day and and let me know how much they love me and my wife, and I appreciate it so much for every kind word that's been spoken, because God is good, amen. Philippians chapter 1, I just want to read a little while, beginning in verse 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always and ever prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense of the confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record. How greatly I long after you, all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve all that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ under the glory and praise of God. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace, in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding, every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer, and the supply of the Spirit of Christ Jesus, according to my earnest expectation, my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ, and to die in gain. For if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose I want not. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your word, because that's where we get our confidence. That's where we get our just uh, just ease, Lord, of times. We need your word always. And I thank you for the way you let the Holy Spirit give it to us that we can understand it. Bless us as we study now thy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
I was reading these verses, and then a, uh, a couple came over to my house last night and spent quite a time, and uh, we were going over it. And, uh, this book of Philippians and just some promises that God has given us in these uh, book of Philippians. Now we know that God used Paul to write this book and there's three words in Philippians that stand out. Christ used in different forms such as our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ and so on. Some 70 times it's used in the book of Philippians. Another word that stands out is joy. Joy is used in this book some 18 times. The third word that stands out is mind. The key verse of Philippians is chapter 1, verse 21. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now the book of Philippians teaches us what life's all about. Life's purpose explained in verse 21. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's our life's purpose, or should be. Life's pattern is given to us in chapter 2 and verse 5. Look at verse 5 of chapter 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's life's pattern. Our pattern of life should be that we want our mind to be like the Lord Jesus. Thirdly, life's prize is found in verse chapter 3 and verse 14. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That should be our the, what we're looking for in this life. And then life's power is explained to us in chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now I was talking to uh, these people about the troubles in their lives and and uh, you read that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me and uh, we major on we can do all things. But he said in talking with them and all the troubles that they have he said preacher did you ever notice the last part of that which Christ which strengthens me. That's how it's done. Amen? I can do all things. Why? Because Christ is my strength. Now the purpose of Christian living has to do with Christ. The pattern of Christian living has to do with Christ. The prize of Christian living has to do with Christ. And the power of Christian living has to do with Christ then. The whole thing is this. It is our personal relationship with Christ that brings joy to the believer. Now, I've been asked uh, just lately, uh, how can you keep going or how can you handle things? And uh, I was telling uh, this one person this week, I said, I never preached to at a funeral service. I never preached uh, about that person. I always, I, I go back to the verse at the, in the Bible where Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. And what he meant by that is, you can't help the dead. I mean, I was talking to this one family and they were talking about praying a soul out of hell, or out of purgatory after they die. And I said, let me give you something. Now, don't you understand this? There's two, th- there's two places <clears throat> that prayer don't work. 
There's two places of prayer you don't need. And one of them is hell. You can pray all you want to. You ain't going to get nobody out of hell. Amen? So there's no use to prayer. Don't work in hell. The other one is in heaven. There's no use to pray for somebody in heaven. They're already there. Amen? <clears throat> and you're not going to bring them back. And so uh, somebody said, I pray for my loved one in heaven, and I pray for my loved one in hell uh, because I want God to do No, it's already settled. It's already done. And, and so when you're preaching to, to people, the main subject, I don't care if it's a wedding or if it's a funeral or if it's just everyday preaching or it's just talking to somebody about going to heaven and missing hell. What is the idea? Is to preach Christ. Why? Because Christ is the one that settles all the questions that you got. He's the answer to every one of them. Now, I want to, I want to show you something, please. Uh, we have banquets and we have things and, and we say this way uh, to have joy with one another. Uh, but uh, real joy does not depend on outward circumstances. Real joy depends on the inward condition of the heart of the Christian. It depends on the proper attitude towards life. And when a child of God gets to the place where they are in the center of God's will, and we know it, no matter what comes or goes, then we will have the real joy in our lives as Christians. So Christ is answered to real joy. Notice verse 1, uh, and I want to go back there for just a minute. Paul and Timotheus. I read that and I was studying I was looking at it very carefully. You know what? Paul associates Timothy with himself in the service of the Lord. Now, the servants of Jesus Christ, they were bond slaves, in other words, of Christ together. And I, I wrote down, it's a wonderful thing to have someone to serve the Lord with. Amen? You, you can't beat it. I mean, you, you just have a friend or somebody just to serve the Lord with. And then he says to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are in Philippi. Paul did not write just to a few of his close friends or a, a clique in the church. What he was writing to, he wrote to all the church. You know what I thank God for? There's two things I thank God for. I thank God for my <clears throat> fleshly family. But I thank God for my church family. And let me give you something, brother. I don't know how people uh, survive tough times in their life without their church family. Uh, I'm serious. I have never ha had such sweet love in my life as I've had the last few days of uh, people that's uh, the church family. Going all the way back to where all, I first got saved. I've heard from people and, and just the church family. Not Brandon Fellowship. Believers. Amen? And all brothers and sisters in Christ. If they're saved, they're my brothers and sisters. And I think when I wrote, and when I saw this in verse 1, Paul and Timothy serving the Lord together. And I thank, I thank God. Uh, you know, you, you might have hard feelings and you might change the church or you might go this or you might do something else because somebody... Uh, said something or done something but always go back to this we're still brothers and sisters in Christ you know I got three brothers and they weren't a time I can remember that we didn't fight I mean we just fought one another 
But I always go back to this. You better not come between me and my brothers because they're my brothers. Amen? And that's the same way I am about the church brothers and sisters in Christ. These saints are in Christ Jesus. So to be in Christ means to be saved. And when you believe in Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. Now, what is salvation? What does it mean to be saved? It is only one thing to be in Christ then. You know how I know I'm saved? Because I'm in Christ Jesus. You know how I know I'm going to stay saved? Because I'm in Christ Jesus. And you can't get me out. Amen? And many believers don't enjoy their spiritual birthright because they don't fully realize their position spiritually. All born-again believers are in Christ. Romans 8, verse 1. All We possess the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, verse 9. We are led by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, verse 14. We are assured by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, verse 16. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 4, verse 30. We're possessionally, we sit with Christ in the heavens already, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Did you know this is not my home? My home's in heaven. And that's settled. So positionally, in God's eyes, I'm already there. And then we're dead, and our lives are hid with Christ in God, Colossians 3, verse 3. You know what that means? I'm a sinner saved by God's grace, and the devil accuses me all day long. But I say to the devil, I'm dead. You can't help me. You can't hurt me. I'm dead, and I live, and I'm hid with Christ in God. And when we know these things according to the Scriptures, then we see the believers in Christ are protected from the devil. Greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. 1 John 4, verse 4. That is, the Holy Spirit in me is greater than the devil. Paul was assuring these Christians at Philippi that they were in Christ and that Christ had already overcome the world and the devil. That's already been settled. Now, I think about this a lot. I think that's why the devil's so mad and going all, doing the things he's doing in the world right now because he knows he's defeated and he's only got a short time. John 16, verse 33 Jesus said to his disciples, In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I will overcome the world. Amen? And I, I thank God for that. Then in verse 2, Philippians chapter 1, verse 2, Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now grace was the word of greeting in the Greek. It means... Have a good day. Now, God says to you and I, through grace, have a good eternity. When people today say, have a good day, they don't help you to have a good day. But God made all the arrangements for you and I to have a good eternity through Christ Jesus and His grace. Let me give you something about grace uh, that a lot of people never learn. We pray for the grace of God. We pray for the protection of God. We pray for the just God's care on our life. Did you know <clears throat> Dr. Harold Sadler helped me with this years ago? He said, You will have the grace of God when you need it, and not before. 
And he said, I got giving grace. I got living grace. He said, but I got dying grace. But he said, I ain't got that yet because I ain't dead. He said, now when it comes time for me to die, God's grace will be right there with me. And brother, I know it's true. Then we have peace. Always follows grace. <clears throat> now when you know the Lord Jesus Christ loves you, then peace follows. The city of Jerusalem means the city of peace. Now, uh, Jerusalem, the city of peace. Yet, it's never been the city of peace. It's always been the city of war. Jerusalem is now just a thorn in the world's flesh. Nobody knows what to do with that little city of Jerusalem. But, there will be peace when Jesus, the Prince of Peace, comes back. And there will never be peace there until He does come back. Now, the believer in Christ has now received peace, according to Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Then going back now <coughs> to Philippians chapter, two, uh, chapter 1 and verse 2. Grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice now where grace and peace come from. It comes from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Then verse 3. I thank my God upon every member of you. Paul is simply saying here, every time God brings you to my remembrance, I will thank God for you. <clears throat> my little old mind can't think of everybody in my life. I try to, and I pray for people as God brings them to my heart. But here's what I'm trying to say. I thank God every time somebody, uh, God brings them to my mind. I thank God for every one of them. Amen. Now, uh, notice again, we are to pray for one another always. Look at verse 4. Always, in every prayer of mine, for you all make him request with joy. Always, not just sometime. Notice, we are to pray for one another. Then verse 5. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. True fellowship means spiritual communication and sharing the things of Christ. Now, I, I've been visiting a lot of times, years ago especially. I'd knock on doors and I'd go with other men before I'd become a preacher to visit people. And you know what's so funny? A lot of people think uh, that fellowship is going in the home and talking about baseball or talking about football or talking about fishing or talking about everything in the world. True fellowship in the Lord is a spiritual communication sharing the things of Christ. Amen? Not talking about a ball game or, or fishing or something else. And it's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. The wonderful privilege that a Christian has is fellowshipping in the Lord Jesus Christ with one another. Now, it means sympathy in cooperation or working together for Christ. There's nothing like it in the world. And Philippians chapter 1 is one of the greatest verse, uh, chapters in the Bible to a Christian when it comes to just being a real Christian. Fellowshipping real Christians. Having brothers and sisters in Christ that you, you're so thankful for and what they've helped you do in this world. 
I, me and my wife here a while back was just sitting down and I'm just uh, rejoicing over people that's been in our lives all these years that's helped us. And it's always been amazing to me that God puts in your life at the time that you need them certain people that's Christians just like you are and things like you are and serve the Lord like you to serve the Lord with. Where it's past or present or where it's at, God always puts the certain people in your life to serve the Lord with. And we were going back just thanking God for these individuals that had helped us all these years serve the Lord. I know that when I started this church, I was scared to death to, to step out and serve the Lord. But God gave us a building to, uh, to worship in. He gave us a pianist to play the piano. He gave us everything that we needed. I'll never forget uh, when I started a, a, a similar church not far from here. I stepped out by faith, started that church. I went down to a school and I talked to the principal of the school. I said, could we use your uh, cafetorium, they called it, to meet in. He said, we don't do that. And I said, well, I just want to start a church. And I, He said, what kind of church? I said, a Bible-believing Baptist church fundamental as it can be and missionary-minded. He said, well, he said, tell you the truth, I got here's the master key to the whole place. And he gave me a master key to that whole school. And he said, now, the auditorium is set up with chairs, where you can just set it up with chairs. He said, there's your, I got a pulpit. He said, I got a, a speaker's pulpit there. He said, I got a piano and everything. Everything we needed was just handed us to start that church. And the first offering we had, we had 223 as the first service, and the first offering we had was $10,000. And I thought to myself, <laughs> I've been scared to death to start a church, and God just says, here it is. And I go back and I think of, the, I think of this. All the teachers that came brought their own uh, teaching stuff, and the children, and everything we needed. And Paul is saying in Philippians, if you want real joy, if you want real peace, think of all the ones that God has put in your life all down these years to serve the Lord with. And give thanks for them. Amen? And then you realize it's not in you. What's the a, what's a one thing that you ought to give praise for every day? It's Christ in you. Amen? And in everything else. Uh, I love the... I love the one scripture, I don't remember the address of it right now, but there's a, there's a verse of scripture, I believe it's in Matthew, it said if you love the Lord with all your heart and with all your mind, all these things will be added unto you. If you serve the Lord first, all these things. Now I got a heart that loves things. <laughs> Amen. I just do. I just love things and and just getting things, and I thought to myself, I've struggled all these years to have this, I've struggled all these years to have this, but when I surrendered and started serving the Lord first, man, He just gave me things that's unbelievable. And I give Him a thanks for it all. Amen. Father, we ask You to bless now in the coming hour. Thank You for Your wonderful presence 
always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.